Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. One more hour to go on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wanted to update you on a few more comments from Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin after their introductory press conference. It is now over. I saw Willie P, who was there in attendance. I saw him in the hallway just now. I called out to him. I was going to see if he wanted to join us for just a little bit. But he's got his own show to plan a little bit later on. And I think he gave me the cold shoulder. What was that face for, Fitty? I'm going to call you out on that. What was that face for? It was you were disgusted for me? And there he is. There's Willie P walking by the glass. Yeah, why I mean, are you disgusted? You know, it's it's just amazing. You know, Willie P says the f word on the radio, and he gets too big time for us. Wow. You know, I too, wasn't even going to go there, dude. I know, wasn't going to go there at all. You know, too good to come in here and talk to dudes. I mean, this guy, this guy, like begs for airtime all the time. Did it on our show. You try to give him airtime, and he gives you the cold shoulder. I mean, to be fair, I did not realize it was going to be the hate Willie P segment. Yeah, I was just going. I was just going to say crazy. I don't. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we have said this during the break too a couple of times that Fitty woke up and instead of coffee he drank Haterade today. And it is flowing strong within his system. He is the featured guy on the commercial where the fluorescent sweat is dripping from his body. It's all from the Haterade. It is not Gatorade coffee, none of those things. And I don't know why you were going at Willie P so hard. The guy was just walking down the stairs. I don't think he heard me. That's the only reason I was saying that. Well, then don't say you thought he gave you the cold shoulder because you you led me to believe that he ignored you. And there's one thing you don't do in this building, and that's ignore my guys. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So... Yeah, I didn't. I guess I just didn't realize that you're going to go that strong. I was joking, and then you You've went. Done I, for four years. I know. What no, are you going to learn? Honestly, that is my fault. I apologize. You're totally right about that. I apologize. Uh, a couple of the comments here. Rick Schnall said on the future with Valley Sports. By the way, something a lot of people are interested in. We actually don't know the answer to that question. We are under contract with them through 2025, 2026. We expect them to live up to that. They are under Chapter 11. Time will tell exactly where people will be able to watch the games. And mm. so that was one comment on Valley Sports. Schnall also said that they expect Valley Sports to fulfill the contract. And, of course, uh, he said, if not, we will have alternative plans. Don't know what those plans are going to be. I have not seen it reported. So they said they're going to have alternative plans. We'll see what those would be if the situation arises. And Rick Schnall also said that the arena will look, quote, overwhelmingly different in two to three years. This is a tweet from oh, Nick wow. Carboni, who was in attendance. Back of the house uh, renovations will begin this summer with more front-facing renovations next summer. And Rick Schnall was adamant that the Hornets will eventually build a state-of-the-art standalone practice facility. So just a couple of comments to update you on regarding the introductory press conference over there at the Spectrum Center. We debuted a new segment this week. It's the Live Wire. Fitty finds some sounds and some storylines nationally to bring to the table. What do you have for us today, Fitty? Time now for the Live Wire. So we're actually going to take a trip around the NFC South. And the guy that we got to learn a little bit more about during the QB documentary was Falcons head coach Arthur Smith, former uh, former Tar Heel, a very well-respected guy for his offensive mind. 
changes in Atlanta as they're moving forward with Desmond Ritter as their uh, starting quarterback. And the Falcons head coach, well, he's a big believer in Desmond Ritter. I like a young quarterback. And, you know, he, uh, you know, people look at just the last four games last year and they say, well, not based on those four year games. But he really, you know, progressed from the time he came on campus here after he was drafted. And, had a good camp, and he's always he's been a strong leader since he's shown up here. Um, continued to develop. Um, I think he worked well with uh, the Mariota last year. Learned a lot from Marcus, um, and he's a learner. He's got a lot of humility, and and as the year progressed, he had an opportunity to play, and I think he played at a you know at a very competitive level. The last four games, each game seemed to be a little bit better. So, you know, we feel pretty strongly that you know he's going to be our quarterback of the future, and and. Uh, you know, we got to play games and we got to see, but but um, but we feel good about him. Arthur Smith discussing Desmond Ritter. Um, I don't know if he's seen some of these videos that are circulating on social media. <laughs> Have you seen the plays that the Atlanta Falcons themselves sometimes are tweeting out where the highlights are interceptions? <laughs> and they're trying to focus on the glass half full approach, yeah. saying, oh, look at this great Desmond Ritter has not looked good down with the Atlanta Falcons. And I know he he was fine, I think, at the back end of the season. But, yeah, it, it's not been a good camp, at least from everything that I've seen reported about what's going on in Atlanta. Can't believe that Desmond Ritter is going to be the guy of the future, Wes. Yeah, I don't think so either. And, I mean, I've heard a lot about how Atlanta is trying to hide him. Maybe he's a gamer. Maybe when the real game start up, he'll turn into a different player. But for right now, it's not looking good. A lot of people are talking about how Atlanta's trying to hide uh, their quarterback and the fact that they don't have a guy that looks like they're going to be able to compete, which is going to be crazy with all the weapons that they have. You're going to have some disgruntled uh, Falcon skill guys, it looks like. Yeah, it sounds like that is very possible. What's the next topic you got for us, Fitty? Did you guys know that Jimmy Graham... Uh, was back with the Saints on a one-year deal? I did know that. I did know that. Okay, well, I'm glad y'all know that because uh, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, <laughs> he did not. I saw him the other day, and, you know, he was kind of, you know, just uh, talking, having a conversation, and um, I, I didn't know he was playing. You know, I thought he was coaching. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, bro, like, you know, are you helping out coaching? He's like, no, nah, I'm playing. So, you know, anytime I see guys that I played with, you know, 10 years ago, it kind of makes me feel old, too. You know what I mean? But uh, it, it's good to have him back around. Surprising to know that he didn't see all of the tweets that everybody else did. And then he's like, oh, what's Jimmy doing here? Yeah, that is kind of funny from Honey Badger. Jimmy Graham going back to the New Orleans Saints. Do you expect any production from Jimmy? Um, Man, that's that's so interesting because he was once such a great player, but you didn't hear much from him over the last few seasons. Set out 2022. I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with he probably does not make the team. Uh, well, I just don't know, yeah, if this is going to be someone now, instead of working with Drew Brees, now he's working with Derek Carr. Derek Carr can get him the football. It's not going to be like a bad QB by any means, but... Jimmy Graham going back to New Orleans. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I should say. Jimmy Graham <laughs> Jimmy going. Brown. Yeah, I don't even know I said that. Jimmy Graham going back to New Orleans. Uh, nostalgia of the NFC South from back in the day. What's the next topic you got for us, Fitty? All right. Well, I got a 704 number asking what this uh, instrumental beat is. I don't know it. So, Walker. Live wires connect UGK. Okay. There you go, this 704. Is a UGK beat? Mm-hmm. Wow. You surprised? Yeah. Why? Is it not I've Dirty never heard South? them rap over something like this. It's, 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 I'm going to go listen to this it's song. It's kind of Dirty South, like a little funky. You don't think so? Nah, mm-hmm. this sounds very up north. I thought this was what? like 
group home or something mm, like that. N- no way. Yeah. No, I, I don't know, man. I felt like this seems like it seems like Texas driven to me. I don't know. That's, I thought this was up. It, it's boom great. Bat. You should go check it out. And I will. Pimp C is just phenomenal. Okay. And I'm on the hook. All right, Fitty. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. So a lot of talk <laughs> about Florida State maybe looking to leave the ACC as early as this week. Well, their president. He spoke on the matter and saying we want to stay in the ACC, but not under the current situation. Um, we, of course, are not uh, satisfied with our current situation. Uh, we love the ACC. Uh, we love our partners at ESPN. Uh, we, uh, <clears throat> our goal would be to continue to stay in the ACC, but staying in the ACC under the, cons- the, the current situation uh, uh, is is hard for uh, us to figure out how we remain competitive unless there were a major change in the revenue distribution within the conference, in the ACC conference itself. Uh, that has not happened. Uh, uh, we uh, have those discussions are ongoing at all times. Uh, and continue to, to explore uh, that that situation. Well, I sure am tired of hearing them cry about this at this point. Either make a move, as, as T.I. would say, bust a move, or uh, barbecue a meal, do whichever phrase you want to give, but making those threats <laughs> uh, out in the public, it's not going to help your case. I heard Heather Dennis talking about that this morning, said it would cost them about 120 M's, also a lengthy process in court. So for FSU, if that's what they want to do, they can go ahead, but then you're going to go to the Big Ten. And while I do respect Florida State, uh, I, I think that they are starting to get their recruiting back to the levels they wanted to be at but you're still going to have to go over to the Big Ten and have to deal with uh, some big dogs that I'm not sure you're ready to deal with yet. Also let's talk about a lot of those cold weather games that you're going to have to play too with a bunch of Florida kids. So uh, I'm not sure if this would be the most advantageous move advantageous move for them. Uh, They would definitely get more money with the Big Ten doing a new TV contract or the SEC, whatever may have you. But this is the team that's just getting back into contention and the ACC, and we're not even sure if they're there yet because, as I said, to me, this is the best team on paper that they've had in a while, but we'll see how good they're going to be. So uh, they just need to figure out what they're going to do because, like I said, I'm just sick of hearing about it, sick of hearing the threats. Figure it out. Do what you're going to do. Don't know if it's necessarily on the players except for the normal pressure that comes with going into a season with big expectations. But if you're just talking about the big, the brass, the decision makers of each of these athletic programs, there's not more pressure on anybody else other than Florida State within the ACC to perform this season. Of course, Clemson and all these other schools are going to have that as well in some way. But Florida State has been the most vocal about how they deserve more money in all of the the financial plans that the ACC has right now that they want major changes change yet florida state just now got to 10 wins and it was the first time in over a decade that they got anywhere close to that they've moved on from a few different coaches already jimbo fisher once he left they were trying to figure it out and we'll see if mike norvell is going to stick around long term it was a good season last year if they do not compete for an ACC championship this season after all this talk about how much they want more money and now is the time that they feel they can capitalize on it because they do have a lot of talent but if you win like seven games eight games something like that and you drop a couple of unexpected contests oh boy 
I mean, we're all going to be laughing at you. Like, oh, you want to go to the Big Ten? Yeah, why don't, you, why don't you compete? Why don't you make the ACC championship exactly. game first? Why don't you beat Wake Forest? Why don't you beat NC State before you want to pound the table saying we need to get out of the ACC and we need more money? I agree with it's you gonna be 100%, and I love that perspective on it as well, man. They're going to take a lot of flack this season if they don't come out and look like a college football playoff contender all year long. All right, Mike Vrabel in the news, Fitty. Why so? All right, so th- this piece of audio is, is a day or two old, so you might here you are you might already know what I'm about to play you but the Titans head coach and before they signed DeAndre Hopkins he was the best wide receiver on that roster when you look at touchdown receptions well he was asked the other day how many five-year-olds it would take to tackle running back Derrick Henry and here was the head coach's response how many five-year-olds would it take to What is the average weight of a five-year-old? What are we talking? Um, so, maybe 60 pounds, I guess. So, so if you think about, all right, let's go 50 just for easy math, okay? Good. So, Derrick Henry's weight, I'm looking it up right now. I'm going to guess what? It's about two, is 250? 240, 250. 250, is that about it? All right, so if it takes, if it's a, yeah, 250, right? So, Derrick Henry's 250. The average five-year-old is about 50 pounds, but that ain't muscle by any means. I think it would take a good... What are we? Are we talking twenty five year olds before Derrick Henry comes down, or is that way too light? Twenty twenty will do it. Hmm. If they all play and plus, thing oh, 20 is, will definitely. Do it. The thing is, how smart are they? Do they have a good game plan? <laughs> are a couple of them going at different parts of the body, or do you have maybe seven of them go for the ankles? Maybe a couple of five year olds try to give you a knee shot. I think that. I think that's I'm what I'm going to go, go with, with a little bit less than that. I'm going to go about fifteen. All right, 12 to 15. 15 to 20 is our answer. What do you think, Fiddy? Do you have an answer on this? 15 for, for Derrick Henry? Mm-hmm. 35 kind of seems appropriate. 35, okay. Mm. 35 because, I mean, like, I mean, Derrick Henry, those kids, is like Thanos, you know, when Thanos shows up, he can just throw them off, so... That's true. The SIF arm, I guess they have to get there. That's right, a so good point. We're talking about it's if Derrick Henry's actually doing moves because nobody's going to be able to take 100 of them. They won't be able to get them. Yeah, especially if if you're starting from 10 yards out and then Derrick Henry, he's going to lose the first. It's like the first line of, de- of defense, especially if you're just talking about good old trench warfare. You got the one, the front line, they're going after him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. That's going to be tough. I'll go 30. I like that idea a little bit better. Fitty. All right, final one, Aaron Rodgers. Why is he in the news? All right, so uh, first of all, we want to wish happy birthday to Zach Wilson. He's quarterbacking tonight for the Jets in the Hall of Fame game, and Aaron Rodgers talked about how this is a great time for the young quarterback to learn from a great quarterback like himself. Well, I think I think definitely some maturity, for sure. Um, as much as anything, I, I hope that this time for him is is like a deep inhale and exhale, that he can really like take a breath and pause, 
and uh, deal with the sit with the disappointment of last year and the frustration, and then channel it. Uh, and I feel like he has, but just rechannel it to a, to a positive and focus on the opportunity in front of him uh, to learn with a guy who loves him and cares about him and wants him to be great and wants him to do uh, incredible things every day and to, and to get better. You know what's so ironic about this? Did Rodgers do this when he was in Green Bay being mentored by Brett Favre? Well, there Favre are, said he wasn't with that, though, when he came there. Yeah, there are a couple of different ways that this is interesting because you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and then we already went through this when the Packers drafted Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. and He didn't Aaron, love it. Aaron Rodgers were frustrated. Yes, he did not love it. And so now that you're going with the Jets, you're actually taking the job from a first-round pick there anyway. And so now Zach, he, he knows there's no competition, so there's zero threat because we've already seen what Zach Wilson has to offer. You had some form of a threat with Green Bay once they decided to draft Jordan Love because he was a first-round pick, and we hadn't seen what he had done yet. But you don't have one here with Zach Wilson, and so now is the time for him to just sit back and learn from the greatness that is Aaron Rodgers. Let's go on. One more segment to go before we get to the end of the show. It's Team Week. Wake Forest, we're actually going to move up the schedule a little bit with me being out tomorrow. Final predictions. We're going to give them on Wake Forest's schedule this upcoming season. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit up that text line, 704-570-9610. We've got all types of activity going on on the text line. And in the studio, man, the show Mars Flounder brought in. It oh, smells man, fantastic. does it not smell fantastic? Gracious, does man. it not? I mean, it's just taking up the room, and it's absolutely off the chain. But uh, it's still team week. We're still talking about the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. So, Walker, let's uh, predict. Do a little prognosticating, shall we? Fitty, chew it up, baby. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Wake Forest wins the Jarrett Birmingham Bowl. Your biggest heartbreak. Jim Grobe is the coach of the year. Riley Skinner is the rookie of the year. And the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest are the Atlantic Coast Conference champions. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Touchdown, Wake Forest. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. 
right, Walker, it's been team week all week. We've been talking the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, a team that is coming in with a lot of changes on each side of the football. Mitch Griffiths is going to lead the offense, and they've got Jasheen Davis and crew over there on the defensive side. We've gone through each of those units. So now it's time to go down the schedule, and let's break it down. And we're going to do it like you like to do it. In these, I guess you could say thirds because they play 12 games. We break it down four games at a time. They start the season very favorably, as Wake Forest often does. I sure do wish as a Wake Forest fan we would get a little bit better non-conference slate. Somebody, I mean, give me a low-level Pac-12 SEC team, something. I mean, the last really good non-conference game that they've played that I can think of I mean, Notre Dame doesn't count because they're partners with the ACC, so they're going to come in anyway. But, hell, man, I got to think back to Stanford when they play Andrew Luck and the crew. I can't tell you anything more significant than that game. So yeah, I mean, right. did you did you see the one when they went to Stanford? <laughs> was, oh, it a bad, was it bad? My you tell Lord, me. It was awful because Stanford got mad. We had beaten them the previous season, and they got mad because Wake Forest made them play a 12 o'clock game coming from the West Coast. So they brought Wake over to play a night game on the West Coast, and it was awful, <laughs> start to finish. What what what's the best or worst non-conference game that you ever played in your college career? Uh, did you ever play anybody big at Wake? Yeah, Forest? Nebraska. Oh, okay. Yeah, you did tell us. Yeah, about we that. played at Nebraska. Um, it was it was a decent game. It was a lot of fun to get to play in one of the historic venues in college football. But I would say that was probably the biggest. Uh, non-conference game we played them. We played Purdue at home. Okay. Uh, too. We played them as well. Back when they had Stuart Schweigert at safety, he was pretty good. He wow. played for the Raiders. Uh, we lost that game on a fourth and one. That had been we like a stopped. Sean Phillips era Purdue. I believe he was on the other side. He'd have been close. I at think least. so. Yeah. Uh, I definitely found out the difference between Big Twelve football and ACC football though that day. Yeah, Purdue. They were good. They were coming off of a Rose Bowl not too long after that. I think they had just gone. Drew Brees was the quarterback. A little bit different than Elon and Old Dominion to open <laughs> yeah. up the season. Yeah, and so well, uh, yeah, those linemen fired off the ball a little bit different than uh, the ACC guys. You could tell they ran the ball a lot, but. Uh, I'm going to go with Wake opening the season 3-1 and one down the stretch. As I said, very advantageous start to the season. Elon, victory. Vanderbilt, they always whoop up on Vandy. They did it last year. I don't see much changing. Old Dominion, that'll be a massive blowout. And then uh, Georgia Tech. Now, I gave Wake the L right here just yeah. because of history. Uh, we don't beat Georgia Tech very often. It seems like they just have Wake's number for whatever reason. I did not beat them. Uh, I can't remember the last time that the Deeks beat the old Yellow Jackets. So what say you? Yeah, I'm going to have them going 4-0. I think they get off to a great start for the season. They move into October because those four games are the only games they have in September. They actually have a bye week right after that. So they'll skip one and then they'll play on the road against Clemson to really start their schedule. The lone ACC game to start it off against Georgia Tech. Bye, come back play Clemson in Death Valley back-to-back road games, Death Valley and Lane Stadium, two of the top five stadiums in the ACC, according to Fitty after the Fitty favorites list yesterday. Elon, Old Dominion, I don't think any conversation there. Vanderbilt, a little interesting, but their defense has not been good the last couple of years. I expect Wake to get the job done. Georgia Tech, that was the dicier decision because Brent Key did take over and had them playing 500 football. Big-time victory over North Carolina that turmoiled their season as they
they tried to close it out favorably, but did not happen after the Josh Downs drop. 4-0. and A little bit more in on the beginning of the season than you are for your Demon Deacons here, Wes. Yeah. All right. So now when we look at the <laughs> next four games, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Pitt, and Florida State. This one it starts to get a little bit funky, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, I'm going to go with Clemson. I mean, Lord, we came so close last season. Uh, I think this could be one of those better-than-you-think type of football games. But at Death Valley, just haven't fared well very often. I would love for Wake to get the lick back right there. Just not sure, though. I'm going to go with Wake to take the L at Clemson. Virginia Tech is another team that's been a bugaboo. uh, I mean, that's been very tough for Wake Forest to beat. And so, uh, but I'm going to go with Wake. I'm going to have faith in them to get the win there. Pittsburgh, Pitt is tough. They always are defensively. Going to get them at home for a change. But I'm going to go with the L. And then I'm going to go with the upset of the Seminoles. Uh, we've been beating up oh, on Florida course, State yeah. for a while. The Florida State hate it shows as well <laughs> as the Wake Forest love. Well, listen, we've been beating up on Florida State for a while. You so, have. Oh, well, Wake uh, has. Yes, yeah, Wake you. Forest has definitely been uh, doing that thing against the Seminoles, went into Tallahassee and beat them last year. So I'm going to go with uh, Wake to get an upset right there. All right, I'm going to go with status quo. I do not have them beating Florida State, but I do have them beating Pittsburgh in this section that is really tough. You're talking about on the road, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, Florida State to finish out this little section. I'm going to have them lose to Clemson, not going to have them pulling up uh, off the upset. It does help them for sure that they're going to get the bye before they go to Clemson. At the same time, not going to help them enough to get that victory. I have them beating Virginia Tech. I just want to see it from the Hokies before I start to buy into them at all. Like they still have a lot and it's not even their it's not even Brent Pry's fault. It's just that they still have a lot to go in order to get back Back to any semblance of Virginia Tech football as we knew it under Frank Beamer. Give me Wake Forest to win that one. I think they win two in a row. Pittsburgh, never a program to be slept on. Well, I'm sleeping on them, at least in the preseason when it comes to this specific game. Wake Forest becomes bowl eligible in the first two-thirds of the season by beating Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh back-to-back. I do have them dropping both of the big-time games they have. L's to Florida State and Clemson, but wins against Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh. I have them 6-2 and two at this point in the season, Wes. Okay. All right. Well, the bottom four games, when you're talking about Duke, NC State, Notre Dame, and Syracuse, that's another tough little quadrant of games to end the year. You know what I think about the Duke Blue Devils. So, of course, uh, even though I could be banned from Wake Forest for this, but I like to get on the radio and tell it like it is. So I'm going to go with Duke to beat Wake at home. I think they're the better team this season. NC State at home. I'm going to go with the Deeks to get the win there. All right. Notre Dame against Sam Hartman and the crew on the road. If this game was at Winston, I, uh, in Winston, I probably would pick Wake to get an upset there. But I'm going to go with Notre Dame to win a close one at home. And then I'll go with Syracuse to lose to the Demon Deacons, and they finished seven and five. All right, Wake Forest finishing seven and five. That is kind of a Wake Forest type of season you might expect after what they were able to do the last couple of seasons. Yeah, this one's tough too. And I think by far the hardest part of the schedule for me to figure out. So on the road against Duke, if I've been mostly alongside you with your prediction about the Blue Devils, 
then I'm going to have to go with the Blue Devils winning at home against Wake. Yeah. Because if, if we're high on Duke, Wes, and you lose this type of game at home, I think that says a lot about you sure. as a football team. I think I'm going to go with the Blue Devils to win that one. So that would have the Wake Forest Demon Deacons at this point with three games left. I would have them at six and three. I think they lose to NC State as well. This might get a little ugly for These Wake Forest. tough games, man. So, so think about this four-game stretch. It doesn't coincide with the thirds that we've been dividing it into. Florida State on the road against Duke, NC State on the road against Notre Dame. Yeah. Even at the the last half of the season, it's a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta get bowl eligible in the first two thirds of the season. That's why they put the Elon Vanderbilt ODU at the beginning to get you halfway home. So get six <laughs> wins and then everything else. I don't want to call it gravy because Wake Forest they've had enough expectations and they've delivered on those to where. You want seven, eight win seasons. You want comfortable bowl seasons. I have them losing to Duke. I have them losing to NC State. Oh, I got them. I got them beating Notre Dame. Okay, all right. <laughs> hey, Marcus Freeman, right? You love Marcus Freeman. You hate Marcus Freeman. Wait, Tell us what get you think about fired. Notre Dame. If we get that win, Marcus talk- Freeman might bite the dust if the Deeks come in and get the victory. Talk, talk to me, Fitty. You're telling me they're gonna lose to Duke. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose to NC State. That's right. But they're going to travel up to football royalty. And oh, be- is it? Is and, it football royalty and still? Beat, and beat Notre Dame. Marshall uh, did it last year. And Marshall, Fitty. Marshall did. If if Marshall can do it, then I think Wake Forest, the team that knows more about Sam Hartman than anybody, that does have a lot of pieces coming over on the defensive side of the mm. football, I think Wake Forest is going to pull up this, uh, pull off this upset. I would just think if you got enough comps, they can go to South Bend and beat Notre Dame. They should be able to beat the likes of Duke and NC State. Well, Whoa. you know, college football is also a very weird sport. I and do. That there are going to be upsets, and there are going to be things that happen outside of your expectation. And so that's why, for me, if think about this, right? You can agree with Wes that Sam Hartman has not lived up to the big time contest, right? That yeah. anytime that you have big time matchups, monster storylines, has Sam Hartman lived up to the billing? More often than not, no. This is a game that's going to take place on NBC against his former team, against a coach that knows all about him and the defense that knows all about him. And this is going to carry a lot of cachet outside of just normal conference games. Yeah. If he doesn't deliver like we've seen him before, then I could absolutely see Wake Forest pull off what is the upset, especially if you have any belief in Mitch Griffiths. Can he go toe-to-toe with Sam Hartman? That would be fascinating. Uh, give and me you Wake know Forest. He's I feel good at, about You it. know he's chomping at the bit for that matchup. Um, give me two wins to end the season. Okay. Eight wins for Wake Forest. I'm okay. feeling the Demon Deacons here, Wes. I, I Look, hey, don't worry, Demon Deacons fans. I know Wes is hating on you at 7-5. and five. Give me an 8-4 <laughs> record. I'm the true Demon Deacon Seven in and five, studio. and we win our bowl game, so I'll have us finishing at eight and five. I got you finishing nine wins. You can't catch me. Oh. If I got him upset in Notre okay. Dame, I am. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough stretch, but Wake Forest, I believe a lot. What do you think is the most critical game on that schedule, though? Yeah, it's tough. So, again, as, as we kind of look at the first half and the second half, Pittsburgh, Florida State, Duke, Mm -hmm. NC State, Notre Dame, Syracuse. Syracuse is the worst football team that you're going to be facing, and they still have a guy like Garrett Schrader who can also upset some squads out there. No question about it. Dino Babers, if you can compete with Clemson every single year, then they'll get you if you're underestimated. And they could be battling for a bowl spot or trying to solidify their bowl spot. I think 
Pittsburgh is the game I'm looking at. Okay, that's a good that's a good matchup because that sets the tone for the second half. And if you lose to Clemson and you have Florida State right off of the bat after the Pittsburgh game, then you could be talking about, I mean, four or five losses in a row. That would be a dark time for a football season. <laughs> yeah, so give me give me the Pittsburgh game. Uh, I'm, looking, I'm at. looking at VTech. I'm going to go one game before that. As I said, Virginia Tech has always been a tough, tough matchup. Yeah. Last time they went up there, Bud Foster's last home game, Sage Surratt gets hurt, should have won that game, but lost. So to go up to Lane, you got to get that Virginia Texas program. I picked a finish near the bottom of the league. You can't go up there to Lane and lose that game. So I'm looking at that one uh, because, like I said, you're going to be coming off the heels of Clemson and Georgia Tech. I think you, you know, I have them losing both of those contests. Hopefully they beat Georgia Tech, though. That's a game they should win as well. But, but I you think had them losing in this. I did. But uh, just because of history and we just can't ever seem to beat Georgia Tech. But Virginia Tech, though, is the game that I look at. They need to get that one, as you said, because in my opinion, that sets the game, uh, sets the tone for the rest of the schedule as well. And we're going to set the tone for the last Fitty Flash of the day. Fitty, bring it. Flash. Fitty. You looked at me, Walker, as I made a noise, so I don't know if you caught the noise I made. I didn't know what you were laughing at. I thought you were laughing at this bagel guy text that said, so at least Wes has a bold prediction with Duke over Clemson. Walker has a bold prediction with Wake over Notre Dame. Where's Fitty's bold prediction, or is he just going to clown us when we go uh, out on a limb? You tell me, Fitty. Have we gotten to North Carolina Team Week yet? No, we haven't. Okay. I'm surprised. Yeah. North Carolina Team Week is here, you'll get a bold prediction or... Like seven of them. Uh, we're going to get how many games? Twelve? Yeah, we're going to get 12 bowl predictions. <laughs> football playoff championship. And that's right. Okay. Drake May for Heisman and the NFL MVP, despite not playing in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, <I'm> <laughs> All right. Uh, update you on the Major League Baseball scoreboard. The Phillies beat the Marlins 4-2. to two. The White Sox lead the Rangers 3 to nothing, And my beloved New York Mets. We're on our way to getting swept by the Royals. We're down one nothing mm. at the end of the second inning. And a reminder... That's Charlotte FC of the Crown back in action tonight in the round of 32. They take on Cruz Azul uh, as they are in the knockout rounds of the leagues. Come and catch that right here at 8 o'clock on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Well, you don't get the cold shoulder, Willie P. Yeah. He'll have the warm shoulder. Welcome you in to listen to him broadcast another uh, soccer match. That's a busy man right there, Willie P. at the Spectrum Center earlier for the introductory press conference for both Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. And you can hear him on the call for the next Charlotte FC game taking place later on here on WFNZ. One more segment to go. Sign off for me for the week. And then Wes will go on and have fun alongside Fiddy on a Friday with R-Truth coming in the studio, continuing team week with another guest. Those guys will have a lot of fun tomorrow. But I get one more. More segment coming up next. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Segment, Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Willie P going to take over. Going to hear him a lot on 92.7 FM with the Charlotte FC game taking place later on tonight. And the Kyle Bailey Show featuring Willie P and Smoke Ludwig taking place in just 15 minutes from now. I did want to lead with this question. You can also continue to tell us on the text line, 704-570-9610, your favorite food innovations, whether they've happened already or whether you're still waiting on a food innovation. Somebody I thought had a great one, access to funnel cake, a little bit more so than just going to the fair or going to the carnival. Can we get some regular access to funnel cake? I thought that was a great thing that people are asking for. Um, Nerds, Nerds Rope, Nerds Nerds. Clusters, those are my favorite. Those are, I think, among the best food innovations of all time. Mm. Consolidating all of the mess that are the tiny little morsels of Nerds candy putting it in one and you don't necessarily have a mess afterwards. Of course, every once in a while, a nerd is going to break from the gummy, but it's stuff that is uh, really of the 22nd century here in the 21st century. And I appreciate nerds for coming up with it. You can continue to text those in. I have another question though. So I got a notification on my phone. I'm going to Chicago after the show. My flight's going to be at 5:30, so really going to have to yeah, I mean, you know, not, a little yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, I Do you I like, use the app where you can check the TSA line? Um, I do. Yes, I do. And so it was a long line earlier today cuz my girlfriend already went up there, but she shared her location with me. And that's not anything that we do, but she shared her location to kind of help me guide the way from the airport to the hotel. Don't know if I'm going to take the L train or an Uber because Lollapalooza is going on up there yeah. right now. So traffic is about to be a you know what. Yeah. But sharing locations with your significant other. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you do? Wes? Yeah, I do. How early did you do it in the relationship? Uh, we did it pretty quick because uh, mostly for a safety thing, man. It's a crazy safe, world out here, man. The safety thing is big time. Yeah. No doubt about it. But I did want to know just how early it is. How early is too early? At what point in the relationship is it okay to share the location? Yeah, I mean, it could be a funny conversation depending on how you approach it. But I guess, you know... Um, I mean, fairly early. I mean, I don't have an issue with it because I was going to ask you that because she's funny. She does like to. She leaves you on the trip. She's like, well, I ain't waiting on you. I'm going. That's one. I'm glad you said that. Yes. It's not (laughs) anything that I'm going to bring to her attention, but that is something for sure that she does. She's like, nope, I'm gone. She didn't want to wait till later on tonight. She's like, hey, I got a flight in the morning. Good. See ya. Good luck. Take the L train and take this L while I hand it to you as well. That's what she said to me. That's how it rolls. (laughs) Fiddy, have you ever shared your location with somebody? And I'm, you know, the next question. Do you and Flounder share locations? Uh, me and Flounder do not, actually. Okay, I'm a little um, surprised, to be honest. Mainly because I I know where he goes when he leaves work. He knows where I go. We either go home or I go to malls, and that's just about it. All right, so what are you laughing about over there? Because I, I know it's not just the location question that I had. What else are you laughing well, about? Well, I'm interested to know, hear y'all's answer. Do y'all think I'm a guy that is big into sharing the location or having the location of my son? Yes. 
You are. Based off what you've told us during breaks, you are. I'm going to guess big time. And yeah. I'm going to guess that you might even check it pretty frequently yeah. as well. Yes. <laughs> it, it's one of the things that's... The red a, flag, Fiddy. I'm not oh, going to lie. Yeah, big oh, time. Yeah. Um, and the last relationship that I was in, uh, yep, shared it. Um, but because because we were friends even before we got back together at different times, she like she always had my location. Mm-hmm. So, but like it changes once she, she becomes your girlfriend, and you're like, you said you're gonna be home at <laughs> eight thirty, and it's nine fifteen. Where you at? You know, so it 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 definitely would get into trouble. And uh, nine fifteen from eight thirty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, look. Your mind wanders. You start thinking about different things going on. But I wouldn't be divulging this stuff on the radio. Uh, Unless if you want uh, a woman to listen to it and find you attractive. I'm I don't gonna, know that I'd be saying this. I, I, I've talked about sleeping with a stuffed UNC mascot. I've talked about wanting to come reincarnated as a chicken. And I've disclosed how I wash my body. I'm very comfortable talking about. Mm, this is a little different, though. Yeah, this is a little different. The fact that in relationships, I, I come across a little paranoid. Well, you know, help Fiddy with some advice, okay? Like, I know I've asked a lot of questions. This is what happens. I'm like a squirrel with the attention span. I ask one question and then move on to another one 10 seconds later. But the real question we have, what kind of advice would you give Fiddy right now? Because an 8.30 to 9.15 delay, and if she ain't there, then you're texting. That's it's. A, is it, I mean, it's, it's is really it's, problematic because like forty five yeah. minutes is a long. So what's what's the appropriate time? Two hours? Well, I don't. I think you're missing the point. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> I think the point is that it, it comes across controlling, yeah. which might be a problem yeah. in a relationship. The trust not being there, which yeah. probably begs the question: Why are you in that relationship in the first place? And I guess it answers the well, question not. too. That's your not exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you beat me to it. But maybe these are some things that you work on not being paranoid if someone does not arrive right on the dot at 8.30 and then you're texting a few minutes later. Because I'm also going to guess that it was a little sooner than 45 minutes at times. Like if she wasn't there 15 minutes after she said she was going to arrive at a certain spot, you'd go ahead. Hey, where are you? Well, you know, I, I come from the belief that, you know, if you're five minutes early, you're still late. So like if you're not punctual, then th- there's going to be some follow-up questions. In my case, some follow-up accusations. No. That led to some follow-up Idiot. arguments. Oh, man. Accusations. Oh, I mean, look. You know me. It's all on the table here now, folks. Here I, we go. I mean, you you know you know how I am, Walker. Like, I I mean, when, when Flounder walks in with the wrong food order, I go I go off the rails. Like, you show you up. Do. You show up late. You're gonna get it. Like, it's just it's just part of it, man. This man needs some help. Yeah, I think you're gonna be single for a long time after this one. Thank you. How do we help you get across this? Like, this is something you need to pass. Yeah. You know, I think I've just come to the realization that uh, I'm damaged. Yeah, Rowdy said become a priest. Fitty as a priest is... Amen, brother. I mean, what what church is allowing him to become a pastor? <laughs> I there, really are, wanna... there are plenty of people that lead churches across the country that have done a lot worse things than I. This and is we'll, a fact. That's a we'll whole fact. We'll just leave it at that, okay? That's a whole fact. Look at Deacon Donna so chiming open. in. R.I.P. Fitty's yeah. dating life. Yeah, Fitty, it's, it's not sounding good for you, brother. I do. Oh, I ma- mean, look, I'm very comfortable <laughs> understanding that. Like, I know that I'm single because I've got some issues, but it is because, and this is where I get upset with y'all. Y'all, oh, here we know, go. I have I've opened up to y'all about my past, and there was never this nurturing there to take care of and provide help and and uplift me. 
You just keep, you, you want me to hold your hand? You just nurturing. Keep, this man said nurturing. You just keep beating me down and telling me never gonna find anybody. You won't flounder and smoke to to find love before I. Y'all as much as any women in my past have ruined my confidence as much as anybody. Wes, mm. I have this question for you. Is there anybody that you would like to share your location with less than Josh Fitting? Yeah, with? man, that's that's a bit much. You know what? Nah, we're going to do this on the air. No, I'm not doing it. Oh, I'm not you're doing getting, it. You're getting my location and no, I don't, right now. No, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm going to deny it. Can I deny location? No, yeah, you, you can't. <laughs> Boom. I, no, I'm blocking yeah, it. I it's did in not, there. I did not realize I was going to block my producer today, but that's yeah. happening on air. I got jokes too, brother. <laughs> Wes, do you want – I don't know. Are they jokes? Wes, are you going to take his location no, and then check no, in on him every now and then? It, no. See, I don't need that. I don't need to know. You be free, Fitty. You go ahead and you do what you need to. Now, I, honestly – I am a little intrigued, though, because Fiddy does lie a lot himself. Maybe that's where the insecurity comes, because he knows that he's lying, so everybody else has to be <laughs> lying to him. And so he's like, well, sorry I didn't show up, I didn't do this, because I was doing that, yada, yada. It's like, really? Well, my location says that you were at Showmars. That's what my location says. Oh, well, you know, I had to get something to eat firsthand. I bet that would happen. All right. Panther Adam said maybe he needs a woman just as controlling as him. He might need a dose of his own medicine. I've got a story for that for tomorrow if y'all want it. Oh, yeah. We'll do it tomorrow for yeah. sure. We're going to continue. My, my my first ever girlfriend. Now, granted, it was long just because she was going to school at the University of Kentucky. I bet that was hell for you. Yeah, and for her. But, yeah. <laughs> that was a scary comment. This is, this is scary. <laughs> that was a scary, but, yeah. You think I was controlling she was over the top controller. Couch Coach Kyle said, this is the funniest, whiniest segment I've ever heard. And with that, we end Wes and Walker. Stay tuned. Willie P. Fill it in for Kyle Bailey coming up next alongside Smoke Ludwig. I'll be gone. Hope everybody has a great weekend. You can still listen to Wes, R-Truth, Josh Fitty Marlowe. It's going to be a great show for you tomorrow right here from 12 to 3. It's all on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.